When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. I also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. This time around, we're going to touch uh, multiple topics, including uh, Tom Brady waffling on retirement. Uh, this whole notion of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Bay Area. Aaron Donald hitting at, re- hitting at retirement. Um, the Bengals contract structure and how it might affect free agency and the looming Matthew Stafford contract extension. Now, um, Tom Brady surprised everybody by announcing his retirement and then less than a week into the retirement on his Let's Go podcast a couple of weeks ago. He opens the door by saying, never say never. And then on the next episode, of the podcast. I'm happy where I'm at and I'm taking it day by day. That sure doesn't sound like somebody who is definitively retired. And then you had the story come out that there was a rift between um, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady slash uh, uh, Byron Leftwich late in the year because of uh, Arians coming in and changing game plans after the two of them had pretty much got it um, in place. Now, Tom Brady formally did announce his retirement. I'm assuming the $15 million delayed deferred payment on the signing bonus was made. Um, He's still sitting on the cap for uh, Tampa Bay at just a shade under $20.3 million. Because there's there's $40 million in bonus proration, we did the one-year extension um, last year, they're going to carry him on the roster until June 2nd at the earliest because they, they can't really afford to have a $32 million cap hit from proration for 2022, which would increase his, <laughs> his cap number. So that's kind of out of the question. So um, they're not going to increase Tom Brady's uh, cap number by nearly – 12 million. That's just not going to happen. So then the question becomes if they believe that Tom Brady is, is, is done, which is basically what Bruce Arians said, and they go out and get a veteran quarterback, either in free agency or by trade, if Tom Brady really wants to play football next year, this is how it could work to his benefit. That if they stick him on the reserve retired list and he all of a sudden decides he wants to change his mind, they'll. In order, they'll have to do one of three things. One, take him back, reinstitute his uh, salary. And at that time, they probably wouldn't be able to accommodate the money which would go back on the cap. 
which would be basically 10.4 million um, between his salary and the uh, likely to be on roster incentives, I should say, and his uh, seven in, uh, in, in that 17th game uh, um, roster bonus. They wouldn't be able to accommodate that. Um, I should say that's almost that's 12 million that would come on if you include the incentives. The cap room that they would pick up, the, the 12 basically the 12.3 million cap room they pick up, they wouldn't be able most likely to accommodate that. So. It'd be like Rob Gronkowski in New England when he came out of retirement. They couldn't afford to have his base salary hit the cap when he came out of retirement, so they traded him to Tampa. You either reinstate the guy, you release him, or you trade him. So Tom Brady really wanted to, or inquired, I wouldn't say really wanted to, but inquired about playing for his childhood team, the San Francisco 49ers, when he was leaving New England. Jimmy Garoppolo is getting traded. Even Jimmy Garoppolo knows he's getting traded from the comments that he made. So that would be the landing spot um, to me. And Tom Brady has played for discounts previously. So for him to go to go back home in his career for a year or two, he probably wouldn't have a problem playing for significantly less money, particularly if it meant winning a Super Bowl. Now, um, he could serve as a... Uh, a placeholder until Trey Lance is ready. Because I'm sure San Francisco, you got a chance to get Tom Brady. Trey Lance can the Trey Lance era will get delayed in starting. Tampa would probably would have to try to trade him or release him, and that'd be the way for Brady to return to play um, next year. Because if you say you traded for, I'm just throwing out a name hypothetically. Let's say you traded for Deshaun Watson, then Tom Brady's not playing there, so they'd be open to trading um, Tom Brady at that point. Um, Now, if you're talking bringing back Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota, well, they might want him. That could be a different story, but then those guys wouldn't be happy. So, in any event, if they move on to somebody else, that's Tom Brady's avenue to play. Now, sticking with the Bay Area, surprisingly, we've had some pundits and Steve Young suggesting, let's trade for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, for the 49ers. Well, I don't consider that realistic. And here's why. Well, first, Green Bay has been eliminated by San Francisco two out of the last three years in the playoffs. So let's see. Hey, Aaron Rodgers wants out and they're willing to trade him. One, I wouldn't trade him to any place in the NFC. And two, particularly, I wouldn't trade trade him to the team, which has eliminated me two out of the last three years in the playoffs. So and that's not even getting to the fact that San Francisco doesn't have a lot of draft capital, because if I'm Green Bay, I want at least three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. So, what first-round picks do you have? You swapped first-round picks with my in, in Miami, 2021 first-round picks, and gave up your 2022 and 2023 first-round picks, as well as your 2022 third-round pick, to get Trey Lance. So, your first first-round pick is in 2024. I'm sure Green Bay would prefer draft capital sooner rather than later, not Two years down the road, not not in a draft two years after this one for a first-round pick. And it would be at the back of the first round anyway because you would think if Aaron Rodgers were in San Francisco, then they're going to be at that point. And that's not to mention that you'd have to accommodate – you'd have to basically have $27.5 million of cap space to accommodate his uh, salary and likely bearing incentives to begin with. Now, if, we, if you're – Let's say you can make all this work and Green Bay is amenable to it, which I don't think they would be. 
you might as well just trade Trey Lance. <laughs> and if I'm in hope Green Bay wants him back in return, and that would mitigate some of the comp and draft capital that Green Bay would want. Uh, you gave up, as I said, in addition to the swap, two first and a third. So he's obviously not going to go for all that. Maybe he takes care of one first-round pick, maybe the first and the third, but that would be about it, max. We saw Sam Darnold, who demonstrated that he wasn't what he was cracked up to be, went for a second, fourth, and a sixth. So it would be more than that, but that would be the only way something like that would work out. But don't hold your breath on that one. Now, let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals didn't win a Super Bowl, came close, 23-20 loss um, at the end. But they got to do something with that offensive line. Joe Burrow was sacked 70 times between the regular season and playoffs. Joe Burrow's career is going to be shortened if he's getting hit like that every year. Now, the Bengals have proven past couple of years they're willing to be aggressive in free agency. Um, They've gone more defensive side of the ball than offensive side of the ball. They've spent high draft picks trying to address the offensive line previously. 2019, their first-round pick, Jonah Williams, the left tackle, offensive side of the ball. Once you have a top 51, and the top 51 cap numbers matter in the offseason, they're basically in the $45 million, about $45 million of cap space. So if you're going to go trying to hit a home run in free agency, go for a marquee player or marquee players, then a big impediment may be the way Cincinnati structures contracts. Cincinnati is one of three teams in the NFL which tries to avoid guarantees outside a signing bonus at all costs. The Green Bay Packers do the same thing. The only person who is, is a veteran contract that has salary guarantees has been Aaron Rodgers. What they'll do is they'll give you a bigger than normal signing bonus. Um, and in year two and three, they'll give you March roster bonuses, which are unsecured. Big March roster bonuses in the third or fifth day of the league year. As we saw with Nick Perry a couple of years ago, that you're still susceptible to being cut. He had a March roster bonus. They cut him before it was paid because it was unsecured. Pittsburgh, outside of Ben Roethlisberger, had given him, hadn't done any type of guarantees. They gave Roethlisberger injury guarantees in his contracts. Now, they did set a new precedent with T.J. Watt. They finally got into the 20. Uh, first got into the 21st century <laughs> uh, by doing salary guarantees for T.J. Watt's uh, extension, which made him the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL. He had $80 million fully guaranteed, the most for a non-quarterback. So that's base salaries that are guaranteed. Cincinnati's never done that. They do the same thing, signing bonus and the March roster bonuses. So Let's say you wanted Brandon Scherf, who's not going to get franchised again by the Washington Commanders. Not going to franchise him for a third time. I suspect he's going to want to be made the highest paid guard in the NFL. Right now, that's a tie between Joel Batonio and Joe Tooney last year, who left New England to go to Kansas City. Tooney was $80 million over five years with uh, basically 46.9 in overall guarantees. And 
he had almost 32 fully guaranteed. So, by contrast, last year, the Bengals signed Trey Hendrickson, who's the highest paid player on the team right now, $15 million per year, $45 million over three years. The way that thing was structured, he had a $16 million signing bonus in the sixth day, the $6 million sixth day of the league year roster bonus. That's, um, or six days after signing roster bonus, I should say. So that's really $22 million in guarantees. And then in 2022 and 2023, $6 million and $3 million fifth day of the league year roster bonuses. Other teams for Scherf are going to have competitive guarantees. Let's say he's becoming, let's say he's becoming the highest paid guard. Let's say it's $85 million over five years. Unless he really wants to be a Bengal, <laughs> and if the money's comparable, is he really going to take the Cincinnati Trey Hendrickson structure? Or someplace which may have $50 million in total guarantees and $35 million fully guaranteed. So, if they're going to swing for the fences for Teron Armstead or a uh, Brandon Scherf, they may have to change that contract structure. If you're talking like a Lake, Lake and Tomlinson or Austin Corbett, is guards you're going to uh, go after in free agency, you're not probably not going to make that accommodation. Now... If they don't make the accommodation this year in free agency, it's going to come to a head most likely with your franchise quarterback. Joe Burrow is not eligible for a contract extension until the 2022 regular season is over. And at that point, you can negotiate an extension with him. Wouldn't be the first time the Bengals have made someone the highest paid player in the league. At the tail end of the 2005 season, they did that with Carson Palmer. So Joe Burrow, whatever the standard is, will be the highest paid uh, player in the league. Right now, you have overall guarantees approaching $150 million, and full guarantee approaching 100 is the standards. This whole Trey Hendrickson thing probably ain't going to fly <laughs> for a Joe Burrow deal. So that's where this thing will come to a head. And if they won't make the accommodation for him, I wonder, and he's an Ohio kid, uh, I wonder if that would mean he would start playing the Kirk Cousins franchise tag game. So keep an eye on that. It's not an immediate concern except for with the free agents this year, particularly if you want to try to upgrade the offensive line with the top guys available. If not, you're looking at that thing coming to a head um, as early as next offseason. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We had reports last week that um, Aaron Donald was going to retire 
if the Rams won the Super Bowl, um, which he did, then in the um, uh, parade uh, when he was at the podium, he's like, uh, I won't retire if we can uh, run it back with everybody, meaning, uh, well, actually meaning Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller. Now, after that whole retirement thing was in- initially came out, um, I got a little uh, skeptical uh, about Aaron Rodgers, um, not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald retiring. Now, this is what I tweeted on Valentine's Day. As a former agent, I can't help but wonder where, whether Aaron Donald hitting at retirement will turn into him wanting his contract redone. Donald has three years left for $55 million on a 2018 extension that made NFL's highest paid non-quarterback. He's now eighth and will keep dropping. Well, then we saw on ESPN there was a report that Aaron Donald would want his contract adjusted. I've always thought that that initial thing was, hmm, Aaron Donald wants more money. <laughs> um, when Aaron Donald signed in 2018, the first um, non-quarterback to hit the $20 million per year mark, $22.5 million per year on a six-year extension, he might not be in the top 10 um, by the time the regular season rolls around. It was a very front-loaded contract, and what I found representing players is they forget that you got to look at the contract in its totality. He's going to focus on, i got $55 million left over three years. That's a little more than $18 million per year. I'm underpaid. He's got a $9.25 million base salary this year. $5 million second day of the league year roster bonus. That's $14.25 million he makes this year, 20, $19 million in 2023, and then $21.75 in 2024. A couple things to remember about Aaron Donald and the Rams' relationship. Con- contractually, it's been contentious. He held out after his third year unsuccessfully, didn't get paid, was holding out a second time, um, after his fourth year, they paid Todd Gurley, who had just played three years before, before they paid Aaron Donald. Agents have long memories about stuff like that. Donald got his contract, but when push comes to shove, they're probably, if Aaron, I think Aaron Donald is more likely to retire because of him being dissatisfied with a contract as opposed to not bringing back Odell Beckham Jr. or um, Von Miller. Teams typically don't adjust contracts when you have three years left, but there is a blueprint for that. Um, when DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Arizona Cardinals, he had three years left on his contract. They renegotiated the contract, and when teams are talking about renegotiations with that much time left, they don't just rip it up and start over like the existing years um, weren't there. So let's say you... We're going to make Aaron Donald the first $30 million per year non-quarterback. And in Hopkins' case, he had three years left, and they tacked on two. So you aren't talking, ripping it up, we're going to give him $150 million over five years. Because he has the uh, $55 million left on his uh, three years, that would be... In the team's mind, an equivalent of a two-year extension for $95 million, $47.5 million per year. That's not how it works. It worked more, and some people said Hopkins isn't the highest paid wide receiver, $27.25 million per year. Um, he had like 
uh, $415 million left over the three years. Over the five-year period, it's like $94.415 million. If they were ripping it up and not doing an extension, then the total value over the five years would have been like $100 million. Or it would have been more than Julio Jones, the highest paid wide receiver, $22 million for a year. So you'd be talking like $22.5 um, over the five years. So it would have been, what's that, like $112.5 yeah, 112.5 million, but the team would have been looking at that as basically a two-year extension at a little over 36.5 million per year. So, with Aaron Donald, you you would be doing a two-year extension at let's say anywhere between 60 and 65 million uh, for the total. That's 30 million or 32.5 million per year. So that's how it would really work. And you've got the blueprint from DeAndre Hopkins. Of how to do that. Now, if you were talking about ripping something up and starting over, the closest thing you might get to that, since he had, he's got uh, three years left, maybe you don't add any years, and you give him ninety million over the three years. Um, but essentially, that's basically adding thirty-five million in new money over over the uh, existing contract years, and I don't really don't see. The Rams doing that unless they're getting extra years. That's one to keep an eye on. Aaron Donald and a, him trying to get more money out of the Rams this offseason. You can't say that Aaron Donald doesn't deserve it. Uh, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Had a very legitimate case to be Super Bowl MVP. Some people after the Super Bowl win were putting him in the conversation for best defensive player of all time. I still think that's either... Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor. Um, Aaron Donald has to play a little bit longer for me to put him in that category, but you can put him legitimately into discussion. But we'll see what the Rams do with Aaron Donald and whether he's playing in 2022. Okay, the final topic to address is Matthew Stafford. Um, It was reported by Ian Rappaport um, hours before the Super Bowl that the Rams and Stafford's agent, CAA CAA football's Tom Condon, are going to meet to hammer out a contract extension this offseason. Now, the Rams didn't get a deal done with Stafford when they traded for him um, last March. And anytime you give up significant draft capital and you don't get a deal done in connection with the trade, ends up costing the team more money than it would by waiting. Cost more money by waiting than it would if you did got the extension done simultaneously. Now, all Stafford did was engineer three com- uh, game-winning drives in the last three playoff games, and the Rams won a Super Bowl where he throws a touchdown pass to Cooper Cup with a minute 25 left to pay, play with a depleted offense where you don't have your tight end, Tyler Higby, who didn't play. You lost Odell Beckham Jr. in the game. Uh, you had no running game, so everybody and their mother knew the ball was going to Cooper Cup. So he's done everything you needed to do. You brought him over here to be an upgrade over Jared Goff. You gave up a 22 first-round pick, a 23 first-round pick, and a 20. 21 third round pick in addition to Goff to get him. So he's got all the leverage in the world. And if Stafford, basically Stafford can pretty much name his own price if he wants to, as far as I'm concerned, I've seen some people say, Oh, Matthew Stafford, 40 million per year. (laughs) That's about where it'll be 
$42 million per year. I'm going to tell you how I think this thing is going to work, putting on my hat from being an agent. Now, unless Matthew Stafford tells Tom Condon, I'm willing to leave money on the table, and he empowers Tom Condon to do what Tom, Tom Condon feels what is best, you're not getting a discount. It's going to be Tom Condon is going to rake the Rams over the coals in this extension. And Stafford's supposed to make $23 million this year. 12 point, uh, $12.5 is a base salary, $500,000 workout bonus, and more importantly, a $10 million fifth day of the league year roster bonus due on March 20th. So that's, to me, the timing. Within the next month, if the Rams want to be able to prorate the $10 million roster bonus for cap room, cap relief, the deal is going to get done in the next month. So if the Rams come in with anything which is under Matthew Stafford, being the second highest paid player in the league, Tom Condon, as long as Matthew Stafford allows him to do what he sees is in what he thinks is in the best interest of Stafford, He's going to laugh at that. Now, if Stafford says at the outset, I'm willing to take a discount so we can try to run it back, then everything we're talking about is not applicable. But the Rams are going to have a hard time with that because the quarterback that they didn't want, they made the second highest paid player in the league, Jared Goff, after he went to the Super Bowl and lost, and they scored three points. So how are you going to get the agent to go? Yeah, that makes sense. I should be third after you made Stafford's after you made Con, after you made um Golf second. At the time, he tied him with Aaron Rodgers at thirty-three point five million per year in a four-year extension, and had the most guarantees overall guarantees NFL contract for shade over one hundred and ten million. Now, what Condon's really going to do is he uh, want him to be the highest-paid player in the league. Before we get to that. What is the second highest paid player in the league right now? Just so you have a reference point. Josh Allen, when he signed an extension last August with Buffalo, um, average six-year extension, averaging $43 million per year. Uh, the guarantees, the most in the NFL contract, 150 if you include his third day of the training camp roster bonus of a little over $2.6 million, which I don't. So I really have the guarantees at a shade under 147.4. And... What's fully guaranteed at signing? Um, it's it's 100 million if you include the roster bonus. I don't, so it's a shade under 97.4. Those are benchmarks in NFL contracts. But he's gonna go, hey, my dude in 2017, Lions made him the highest paid player in the league. He hadn't won any playoff games. They were 0-3 at that time for him going to the playoffs. No postseason success. Highest paid player, had the most, had the biggest signing bonus in league history at the time, 50 million. The most money fully guaranteed at signing is 60.5 million. So like, I just, he's gonna be like, I just won you a Super Bowl. My guy just won you a Super Bowl. He needs to be the highest paid player. Who is highest paid player right now? That is Patrick Mahomes at 45 million per year on the 10-year extension he did uh, with the Chiefs. Did he sign in 2020? One way that. Uh, kind of may look at it, and this is what a lot of agents will do, is they'll go, okay, if my guy plays out the contract, then they'd have to franchise him. So what would that mean? There are two types of franchise tags. There's a non-exclusive tag, and there's the exclusive tag. With the non-exclusive tag, 
You can solicit offer sheets and two first-round picks as a compensation for an unmatched offer sheet. Problem with that tag is they were, the Rams are already established. They're willing to give up more in compensation than the uh, unmatched offer sheet. So odds are, like most quarterbacks, they get the exclusive tag. And the exclusive tag is a different calculation than the um, non-exclusive tag. And it's based on the average of the top five salaries for quarterbacks at the end of the restricted free agent signing period in mid to late April for for 2023, before 2023. So right now that number projects to about $43.5 million. There are going to be – it's subject to change because there are going to be restructures, releases, new deals between now and then. But we'll just use that $43.5 million figure as a baseline. Now, if you gave them a second franchise, exclusive franchise tag – a 20% raise as the collective bargaining agreement calls for. Then you're talking 52-2. So Conan would just average, would take the sum of those two numbers, average them. That's going to get you to $47.85 million per year. So let's just say we'll round it down. $47.5 million per year for Matthew Stafford. Is where Conan would be justified saying you need to pay him that. Now, how, how does that relate to the last deal that um, Stafford did? Well, when Stafford became the highest-paid player, it was 8% more than Derek Carr. And, yes, Derek Carr at one time was highest-paid player in the league, the Raiders quarterback. He was the first player, first $25 million per year player in the NFL. And that was an 8%. Stafford got 8% more than Carr. If you're talking $47.5 million over Mahomes' $45 million, that's 5.56% more. So, Smaller increase. If you're talking eight percent, we're talking forty-eight point six million. So, if you're talking Matthew Stafford contract extension, then I wouldn't be surprised if it's in that range I just mentioned. And then we'll say it's a four-year extension, so you can prorate it over five years. Stafford's turning thirty-four. I mean, it's just turned thirty-four, so that'd be thirty-four, thirty-five, or six. Play, play through when he's thirty-eight. So. You're going to be up there with the guarantee, the full guarantee, and you're going to be up there with the uh, overall guarantee. So you're talking north of $100 million and north of 150 most likely. The biggest signing bonus in NFL history is Dak Prescott at $66 million. I don't know if uh, it would get to that number, but they did give Aaron Donald the largest signing bonus for a non-quarterback in his 2018 deal at $40 million. Stafford has had the largest signing bonus before. So, I expect Matthew Stafford to be the highest paid player in the league as long as he lets Tom Condon be Tom Condon in this negotiation. doesn't specifically instruct him to work with the Rams to accommodate other players. Um, You typically don't see Condon clients do that. But if Stafford does become the highest paid player, all he's doing, and it's done in the time timely fashion. I think it will be before the March 20 roster bonus or $10 million becomes due and you can't prorate it and it's a cap charge and it's stuck there. It's a sunk cost. He's only going to be the highest paid player and set the salary floor for Aaron Rodgers. As long as Aaron Rodgers isn't going to prioritize Super Bowl, the ability to win a Super Bowl ring over money, 
because he hasn't been to the Super Bowl since 2000, since 2010 season when the Packers beat the Steelers. He'll be the highest paid player, and I anticipate Rodgers will be the first $50 million per year player if he, if he wants to be that. That there'd be some team, either the Packers or somebody else on an extension, whether it's two, three, or four years, the new money average would be $50 million per year. I may be a little off, but I think that's where it could end up. So Stafford wouldn't be the highest paid player uh, for very long. Uh, provided both these guys do what most quarterbacks do, and they're looking to maximize income. So, to me, Matthew Stafford is sitting in the driver's seat, and if he wants to fully exploit his leverage, then he's going to make the Rams pay out the nose on this contract extension. Well, um, that's going to be it for this week's Inside the Cap. But don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.